pray that the message that God has put in my heart this morning would be a tremendous blessing for you all. And really this message was birthed in a couple of things that God uh, has um, brought into our life. Uh, This summer, my wife and I uh, were able to go to a week-long healing service uh, conference out in Colorado. And it's amazing how many people came, and they came primarily for physical healing, although we did hear about some supernatural uh, deliverance type healings and inner healings. But majority of people came because they had some physical ailments. And I remember thinking that, you know, so often we, we look at the, the physical healing because it's something that we, is obvious, we can see, we can feel. But I believe that so often we neglect that there is other healings that we need. There, there's healings in our soul, and when we look at our, even our nation, there's a need for spiritual healing. Amen? You know, physical healing is good, but it's not. There's something deeper. There's something more important. And then also, as a group that my wife and I got involved in while we were at home for the summer, um, it was a, um, kind of a, a, a marriage group that we were partaking with, and as part of their group, they decided to study, to use this book entitled, Healthy Me, Healthy Us. And as I began to read that, I was so impacted by the authors really laying down the importance of a healthy me, and not physical health, but a wholeness, a deep wholeness in our total being. Because after all, we're more than just a physical body. Amen? We have a soul. We have a spirit. And there's so much more to who we are. And I believe when uh, the premise of this whole book was before we can be, even begin to think about being whole as a group, whole in our total relationships, Deep down, we need to make sure that we are whole in our own very being. And it's a premise that uh, when we come to that place that we are whole in ourselves, totally whole, totally healthy spiritually in our soul, our mind, then we can begin to see ourselves as interacting and, and bringing that health, health, wholeness within our organization, our, our family, spiritual family, but ultimately that we can bring that wholeness out there where it is so much needed. And so, I want to begin with, imagine that this is a million dollar bill. Now, I don't believe that there's probably any such thing, but imagine for a moment that this is a million dollar bill. How many of you think that this would be very valuable to you? A million dollar bill. How many of you could use this million dollar bill? Okay. Now what would happen if I just kind of crumbled this up? Now how many of you would want this million dollar bill all crumbled up? Does it still have value? Yeah, it still has value. 
Now, what would happen if I dropped this into the mud? Million dollar bill in the mud. How many of you would still want this? Still has value? Yes. What happens if I start grinding it into the mud? Anyone still want this million dollar bill? Still have value? Okay. Imagine this million dollar bill speaks to us of our value to the Lord. And yet, how many of us, as we walk through life, life sometimes crumbles us, kind of squeezes us, and we feel like we're maybe a little worthless, maybe not valued, or maybe for some reason we are dropped out into insignificance because we're not valued by the world, by people, or how many of you know that sometimes life can grind you into the mud and into that seemingly ins- insignificance? Anyone seen that, experienced that in your own life? And yet, I believe what the Lord wants to speak to us today, that our significance, our value in His eyes is not dependent upon the external things that are around us. You know, despite what the world sometimes throws at us, despite what the enemy may throw at us and, and somehow make us feel so insignificant, so unvalued. But this morning, we want to look and consider this thought of the value that God places and puts on us. Let us pray. Father God, we just thank you. We praise you. That Lord, that, that you are supreme. You are the one that has shown so much love in sending your son to die. As we have just celebrated communion this morning. That through, your sac- through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, that the love that he shed for us demonstrates that we are significant. And Lord, I pray, O oh God, this morning that you would open our eyes and our understanding to this, that Lord, that it might transform and change the way that we look at ourselves, at life, and even in the things that, that happen in and around us. Lord, I, I thank you. Let their, your anointing be upon this. Lord, let our hearts be receptive and open to what the Spirit of God has for us today. In your precious and holy name, amen. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old ha- things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And this, when we see this passage here, it speaks of we are a new creation. And that new creation is that we are a born again. Our spirit is born again. It is new. His spirit comes and to reside in us. So our, our, it's our spirit that is new. But it also says, behold, all things have become new. And, and when you look at this in the original language, 
the thought here is that things, there's a progressive uh, becoming new. There's, there's a progressive sense that things will become new. And, not, and that's not speaking of our spirit. As I said, our spirit has been recreated instantly when we accept the Lord. But it's those other things in our life, our soul, that need to become new, need to have that transforming power of God to bring. And that's where that wholeness comes in. We're whole in a spirit. We have everything that we need from the Lord in our spirit when we are born again. However, there's areas in our life that need to be renewed, need to become in alignment with that born again spirit in us. We need to remember that wholeness before the Lord is not perfection, but rather wholeness is that embracing our own brokenness in our own hearts, that, that old nature that, that all of us were born with, that we walked with through for a period of time before we came to the Lord, that needs to be transformed, needs to be changed, needs to be the Lord to work upon. You know, if we are honest about it to ourselves, all of us have unfinished work in our hearts. Amen? Can any of us here agree? I know for myself, I have unfinished work. I have not come to perfection. After all, there's only one who was perfect, our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that was perfect when he walked this earth, and, and he's the only one that will be perfect on this earth. We are not perfect, but we are in a process, we are in a journey to allow God to bring that wholeness within our whole being. And so in, in this, the book that I had mentioned, the authors presented kind of three hallmarks or three um, steps that are essential for our wholeness. The first one is understanding our profound significance before the Lord. And that speaks of getting and being right with God. Secondly, the second step or, or hallmark would be unsur- unswerving authenticity with God. And that is getting right with in ourselves. And then thirdly, self-giving love. And that is getting right with others. And if, if you notice, the key theme in all these is relationship. Relationship, the vertical relationship to God. The relationship that we have within our own being, our own self. And then the outward relationship that we have one with another. And that's the key, that in wholeness, we have all three of these functioning, healthy, normal, and, and surrendered to the Lord. Because you see, without significance, we will be insecure. And there's a lot of insecurity in this world today because they don't understand where their significance comes from. They're looking to everything outside for significance when ultimately our significance comes from 
our Lord. Without authenticity, we become phony. We we become pretenders. And finally, without love, that self-giving love, that agape love, we will tend to be very indifferent about the circumstances and situations and the people around us. And so this morning, I want to, us to focus on the first one. Because this first one, I believe, is probably the most important one for us. It kind of sets us up for the other two hallmarks or, or, or goals or, or steps that we need to take. Because without that first, without us understanding our significance before the Lord, it will derail us from truly operating and being healthy in the other two areas. And this significance, I believe, uh, if we think about it, there's a passage in Ephesians. If you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3, we'll pick up in, verses, in verse 14 through 19. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Being strengthened with all might. You know, this thought here, all might where? in our inner man. This is the place that God is working in us, in our inner man. That's a place where he wants to bring a complete and total wholeness, health, abundant life in that area of our life. And so this is a prayer. This is a prayer to receive, to be able to understand, and to be able to walk in his significance. It is that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. Through faith. You know, the, without, the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. Without faith, it is impossible to please. Without faith, it really is impossible to walk in all other ways and to, and to truly be whole in the Lord. And being rooted and grounded in love. And that is the key. The key to significance in our life is to truly understand the love that God has for each and every one of us. The love that was demonstrated through his sacrifice, through his, what he went through on the cross for each and every one of us. And this thought here of the being strengthened with all might has this thought of three things. First of all, we need to be strengthened. We need to be healed 
in our minds. And Philippians 2, verses 5 through 7 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. You see, God wants us to have the similar type mind. Not haughty, not thinking that we deserve anything, that we are something over anyone else, but to have that mind of Christ, to see ourselves in the right light, that, that but God, we would be like anyone else, in the gutter, lost. And then Isaiah 11.3, His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. And there's that thought number two is when he strengthens us, he strengthens that, that inner ear, that, that conscious that we know what is right and what is wrong. We have that sensitivity to the things of the Lord. And finally, number three, when he's to strengthen in all might, our inner person speaks of our will. Our will must be tempered and controlled by the Lord. And it's done through and only through the work of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel 36, 27 says, I put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. In other words, when we allow, when we allow God to bring that wholeness, that health to our very being, to our very soul, we allow Him to write upon us the very His Spirit. We put His Spirit and He writes His laws within our heart. Then and only then can we begin to walk out of that wholeness that He gives us. You see, our significance brothers and sisters, ultimately comes from his desire to dwell within us, to, to stay with us, to walk with us, to have access to our whole being. And as we invite him, as we allow him to come and to live out his life, and allow His Spirit to have full reign and rule over every area of our life, then, and only then, can we truly understand our significance to Him. And we can begin to walk out of that significance to others. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still Sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, while we were still in those pits, while we were still in rebellion, Christ willingly died for us with no guarantee that, that we in our free will would come and walk with Him. But He died because He so loved His creation, His special creation mankind, that he was willing to suffer, to suffer a horrible death, to suffer that punishment that he did not deserve. 
because we were significant before him. Each and every one of us is significant in the eyes of God. This thought here in verses 18 and 19. Breath. We must be willing to stretch forth our hands and to receive everything that God has for us. It means that we surrender and we say, Lord, here I am. Everything that you want and need to do in my life, I give you full reign. Length. Length speaks to us that we must be willing to go whatever that extra mile is. Whatever we need to do. Whatever we need to open up so that he can do that work in us. And also to go that extra mile to begin to show love to one another. Depth. We must be willing to go to the very depths of our being to allow God to allow the Holy Spirit, His light, to expose those darkened areas, to expose those blind spots in our life so that He can begin to heal each one of those areas. Wholeness will demand that we give Him access to every area of our heart, as painful as it might be, because ultimately it will lead to our wholeness. And then height, being willing to dwell in the highest places with the Lord. God wants us to soar with Him and not to be grounded in this world because of circumstances, situations. He wants us to be able to have His perspective. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 8 says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up, us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. You see, living for us to live in the fullness, to live in the wholeness of God, we need to understand that it's not anything that we can earn, that we can somehow make happen in ourselves. It simply comes for us as we surrender, as we understand, as, as God opens our eyes more and more to our significance, the significance that comes from his love. John 10.10 10 says that the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So here we see the enemy is a stealer, a destroyer. And he will try to do anything and everything to try to disrupt that wholeness, that, uh, that anything from God to bring wholeness into our life. And so he will try to 
convince us that we are insignificant, that, that we are not significant before God. And he'll bring circumstances, he'll bring situations that will, will try to derail us, to try to convince us that God doesn't consider us significant. But God has come to bring us life, wholeness, fullness of his spirit in our life. I want to quickly mention a couple of things that, that came from that book that I mentioned as things that could derail us from understanding what our significance is. And the first one is, has anyone heard of self-talk? Anyone under, know what self-talk is? That's that little voice in you that says, you blew it. Hey, look what you just did. You missed. You're, you can't be accepted by the Lord anymore. Look at, the, look at what you just did. That's, that wasn't a very Christian thing to do. Anyone have those little self-talks, those little voices in you and kind of say, ha, you're nothing. You're no good. You're no good Christian. Self-talk can be very destructive in really walking, staying in, and understanding our significance before God. Because the enemy, he knows if we are significant, if we are in that place and we understand the fullness of our significance in God, that, that God can use us in powerful ways. And so he's going to, he's going to attempt to, to get at that significance, our significance, before God. I love Psalm 42, verse 5 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Just as self-talk can be destructive, we can also allow God to, to speak to us and, and have that self-talk like David. David was not perfect. He had some failures in his life, some really serious failures. But if we remember, David was a man after God's own heart. And God eventually brought him to that place of repentance. And, and I believe that, that David here was using a self-talk in a positive way. He was saying he was going through a very difficult time and he was beginning to speak to his own soul. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Why have you become disquieted? And what did he say? His self-talk was pointing to his significance his significance, which is his hope in his God. And so, when, when these things come to us, it's very important that we are aware of that self-talk that, that we have and, and like channel it to the self-talk that is positive, that speaks of our significance to God. And then the second one that can be a, can derail us is this thought of our past. You know, all of us, how many of you know we have a past? All of us have a past. We've had a past before Christ. Amen? And for, I know my past before Christ was not something I want to dwell on, I want to even think about. But we do have a past. We do have a past of failures, a history of failures. Anyone not have any failures in their life? 
Amen. I, I'm speaking to myself. I'm preaching to myself this morning. And you know what? The enemy loves, loves those things on our past. You know, he, he, he likes to, to bring up and say, you got some pretty ugly baggage back in your closet there. Baggage that kind of stinks. Baggage that kind of looks pretty old, pretty shabby. And you know what the enemy likes to do? He likes for us to carry that excess baggage around. To weigh us down. To make us think that we have to carry these burdens. That we have to somehow earn our way back to the Lord. To release that baggage. Remember. Remember. The past. We can learn from the past. But there's a difference between learning and moving on from the past and carrying our past into our present and allowing that to, to, to dictate and to speak to us and to, to somehow tell us that this is our identity. This is our significance. Because we failed, because that baggage is somehow ugly and old and, 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 and not worthy, that somehow that speaks to us. I love Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14. One of my favorite verses, uh, verses here. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is our significance. God has a calling an upward calling for each and every one of us. We are to reach that prize that God has for each and every one of us. You know, in closing, verses like Luke 12, 7. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. And Deuteronomy 28, 13 says, And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. And then 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I, I love that thought of ambassadors. Ambassadors represent the people, the nation that they are representative of. And we are called to be ambassadors. We have value before God. And, and, and he wants us to be those perfect, those, those, those ambassadors that represent him well. And I believe that for us, that speaks to us, that are we willing to allow God 
to form within us so that we can be truly those representative ambassadors for his kingdom. Amen. Profound significance. Remember, profound significance. It speaks to us, first of all, of us truly allowing God to make us, our whole being, right, healthy, and whole with him. And the only sure way of understanding and getting to that place of profound significance is we don't work for it. We don't earn it. We simply have to receive it. We simply have to receive what God wants to do in our life. It's opening our hearts and say, Lord, here I am. Work in my life so that I can experience, that I can be the whole person that you ordain for each and every person that was created in this earth to be before the fall of this world. And remember, our significance comes from one thing and one thing only. Simply that, that agape love, that unconditional love that God demonstrated in sending his son to die on the cross for us. Amen. Amen.